to the Ike Packers podcast. Go Pack Go. My name is Alex Eichstead, your host. Pack a one and one. Go Pack Go. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. We're IKE underscore Packers on Twitter. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead, your host, and Green Bay got back to winning ways, knocking off the Detroit Lions 35-17 at home on Monday night. We're going to dive into the game and look ahead to next week. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead. I'll be your host and Green Bay are back to winning ways. They knocked off the Detroit Lions 35-17 at home on Monday Night Football. They honored Ted Thompson at halftime. Aaron Rodgers moved to 10th on the all-time passing list for career passing yards. It was a fun night. Didn't start off pretty, but we'll dive into everything. And we're excited to have you here. Thanks for joining. KJ, my co-host, is also with us. KJ, how you feeling after that first win? Hey, what's going on, Packers fans? We got off the schneid. It is 1-1 for the Packers record. And there's a whole lot of upside here. You know, we saw a different team in the second half, a dominant Packers team. Still a lot of work to do, but there's, a, there's some positives to take away. I'm excited to get into it. Yup, as KJ said... You know, it was almost a tale of two halves. The Packers were actually down 14 to 17 at halftime. People were worried. They were worried about the defense, notably. Uh, There was multiple possessions that the Packers defense just didn't look aggressive, KJ. And then everything kind of switched in that second half where all of a sudden the Packers actually shut out Detroit the rest of the way. Let's just start with that halftime adjustment. What do you think uh, was the big change there for the Packers going into the second half? I think it was the Lambeau Field crowd booing them as they went into the half uh, halftime locker room. You know, honestly, it's one of the rarest things you'll ever see at Lambeau Field, let alone a Aaron Rodgers quarterback team, especially thinking how they've been at back-to-back NFC Championship games. They've gone 13-3 and back-to-back years. There were audible boos raining down. Wow. And it's almost like... You know, the offseason, the Packers did their thing. You know, they got their, you know, what's kicked week one. And then Big Z's, you know, upset he's not voted a captain. He's he's icing out his chain. Uh, really, no one was holding these guys accountable. That's the thing I want to really emphasize here. No one is really keeping these guys in check until the fans kind of let them know. Like, Packers fans were tailgating in masses. They were having a great time in the parking lot. And that's all despite, you know, the offseason drama. You saw a lot of people getting interviewed saying, hey, let's bury the hatchet. You know, we can work together to achieve our common goal of winning a Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, the Packers fans were not thrilled with getting outscored. I think it was like 55 to 17 in the first six quarters of the year. So that led to booze, which I think was kind of like the final fire underneath the uh, the team at halftime. You know, whether it was Rodgers, whether it was the defense. I mean, Joe Barry was on thin, thin ice. But but if I had to, if I had to point to any one thing, I would say it's probably the fact the Packers had just simply more talent than the Detroit Lions, but also the fact that the fans finally let their voice be heard and said, hey, you know, this is unacceptable. 
And sure enough, the Packers defense shut out the Detroit Lions in the second half. The offense kept clicking. You saw Rodgers go for the jugular multiple times. He was not about to put up another mediocre performance. Aaron Jones had an awful showing week one, which he completely redeemed himself in week two. Four TDs looked great. There's a lot of other bright spots, but I think it was really the fans finally holding the Packers accountable uh, in the way of booing them as they went into the halftime. And sure enough, it turned around and we got the result we wanted. How about you? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that you can't really find in the box score. You know, the fans just furious with the team's performance. If you look at the stats, Aaron Rodgers played a really clean game. He was 22 of 27 for 255 yards. That's a 9.4 average. Uh, which is pretty good. And he had four touchdowns and zero interceptions. Aaron Jones, as you mentioned, Cage, four touchdowns. He had 17 carries, 67 yards, uh, one rushing TD, and then three reception or receiving touchdowns. And then uh, Devontae Adams and Robert Tanyan also doing work. They had a combined 173 yards on 11 combined receptions and one touchdown between the two. But it, it, was, it wasn't smooth sailing uh kind of as we noted uh, the whole game and I think one thing also stands out to me was just the lack of aggressiveness and I, and I think this is kind of what I noticed in the first half is there was a lot of short uh, offensive plays you know dink and dunk and um, the opposing defense was dropping their two safeties deep but the Packers really weren't um, maybe being the aggressors they were kind of finding Aaron Jones and letting him him go to work. And the defense, for sure, was not uh, being aggressive at all. They were consistently sending just the down linemen and the two edge rushers, nothing creative there. And to the point where Matt LaFour at halftime told Joel Barry, you either have to send more people on the blitz if you're going to play man or switch to zone coverage behind your four rushers. We KJ, don't want that. <laughs> yeah, why is Matt LaFleur telling Joe Barry how to run his defense? You know, because Joe Barry's defense sucked ass the first two games. Excuse my language. You know, the fans were... They had it. You know, we asked Packers fans what Joe Barry's defense looked like. Over 320 Packers fans had something to say, and it was not very favorable. You know, it's just like Joe Barry was the defensive coordinator for the 0-16 Lions. So so what does that tell you, right? That's just not a good thing to be ownership of, right? And, you know, the results were awful. You know, Patton, he was kind of the scapegoat. Like it or not, he was the scapegoat. You know, Rodgers could have played better in that NFC Championship game. Everybody could have played better, but Patton was the scapegoat. He had pressure building for years. He was a holdover from the Mike McCarthy era. He was, um, you know, he was the scapegoat, and now he's no longer there. So Joe Barry comes in. Everyone's just thinking, oh, anybody's better than Mike Patton. Well, really, you know, the Packers had a pretty solid defense the last couple years. You know, maybe at times it was a little bit leaky, but really no one knew who Joe Barry was coming in. You know, we even put a poll out and asked fans, asked Packers fans, did you even know who Joe Barry was before Green Bay hired him? And we know how knowledgeable Packer fans are about football. 86% of fans said they had no idea who Joe Barry was. I think people around the league were like, huh? And and you think about this, right? Joe who? There was was this... (laughs) 
there was this uh, infatuation with Sean McVay these last couple of years. You know, Matt LaFleur, he had worked alongside Sean McVay. The Packers made him their coach. Well, Joe Barry happened to be the linebackers coach for the Rams. So it's like, I mean, shout to LaFleur for giving him a chance. His defense did not look good until the second half. But then again, you're going up against a Jared Goff-led Lions team who kind of hit adversity and went off the rails. So... You know, why is Matt LaFleur telling Joe Barry to, how to run his defense? Simply because I think they felt that their back were against the wall. It was not good enough. You know, you would never tell someone who was doing a great job how to do their job. But if someone was doing a job that was so bad and it affected the, your ability to do your job, as it did, you know, pretty much everyone in that team, uh, you have to say something for the greater good. And there was even fans who were thinking, you know, maybe we have to get rid of this guy after two games just to rip the band-aid off earlier enough so we don't uh, lose the season. And I actually looked up some stats. Uh, teams that started the year 0-2 only went on to make the playoffs 12% of the time in the last 20 years. And teams that started 0-3 went on to make the playoffs 3% of the time. So basically, Matt LaFleur was facing urgency. The defense is facing urgency. Yeah. The Packers franchise is facing urgency. Combined with the fact that Aaron Rodgers is you know, in his upper 30s now, he's not exactly a spring chicken. So Matt LaFleur is like, look, man, you're making this look really, really bad out here. And we're way too talented to be doing this. So, frankly, I think enough was enough. Matt LaFleur kind of he did what he had to do as a head coach to get a better result in the second half and ultimately get the win. You know, there's all upside from here, Packers fans. Uh, Rodgers didn't play in the preseason. A lot of these starters didn't play in the preseason. So they're shaking off the rust. They're getting back up to game speed. And uh, I look for them to keep improving each week. Yep. And there were some highlights i mean robert tanyan had a beautiful catch that rogers kind of zipped in there for the touchdown Devonte adams caught a 50 yard bomb that was good to see rogers kind of take the lid off again i know you've been stressing about that for years kg about how if rogers just takes the top off throws deep it opens up everything else for these playmakers underneath um but on the other side, you know, the Packers have this weird dynamic on offense, right? Uh, we were kind of discussing before the game about the O-line. It's thin this year. I mean, if Elton Jenkins is playing left tackle and he goes down, well, then the Packers are looking really thin at the offensive line. But then if you look at the weapons Aaron Rodgers has, I mean, Amari Rodgers can't even take a snap. He's a third-round pick from Clemson. MVS didn't even have a catch. So, Cage... What is going on with this offense? It kind of feels like they they don't know who to give the ball to yet. Almost like the big three in basketball when they when they first meet. Is that kind of what's going on? Yeah, here? definitely. That's a great comparison. And it's it's you look at a little deeper into the stats, right? Aaron Jones, seventeen for sixty seven. That's only a three point nine yard average with a nine yard long. You know, he was running laterally a lot. He was shifty. He was shaking tackles, but ultimately he only averaged three point nine yards on you know, 17 carries with a nine-yard long. A.J. Dillon averaged 3.6 yards. You know, the Packers couldn't get their run game going. Uh, and then I think there's a little bit of what you were saying in terms of, like, roles are being defined right now. Um, one role that I see very clearly being defined is Rodgers to Cobb in critical situations. I don't know how that's going to play out for the rest of the year because teams are smart enough where they can key in on those tendencies. Uh, really, the standout for me last night was Robert Tanyan. You know, he looked like a Pro Bowl tight end. 
you know, he, he had double digit TDs last year. I think everyone, including myself, are wondering if he could replicate that kind of success this year because uh, he really burst onto the scene. But this guy was a former quarterback. You know, he's got a unique backstory. He's really starting to figure it out. And he only had three catches, but he had 17.3 yards average each catch. You know, Devante is going to Devante. But really, I think one thing I would like to see is I would like to see MVS be the go-to deep threat. You know, Devontae, just get him the ball when you have to get him the ball. Tanyan is a great tight end. There's definitely some roles being defined right now. Equinemius St. Brown, he had a, he had a catch, um, zero yards. You know, he's still, he's still around. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it's very much roles are being defined, uh, kind of tying it back into the preseason, not playing it. I think, you know, you have the number one deep threat in the league. Marquez Valdez-Scantling led the NFL in yards per catch last year. I want to see a deep shot to him once per quarter. You know, if you throw four deep shots to MVS a game, you're going to connect on two or three of them. And that's two or three TDs based upon just the sheer talent and what we've seen in the past. So uh, I think there is a little bit of kind of like when you first start maybe in the season you're, you're going to be within your comfort zone and then you gradually expand out of it we'll see but yeah I think the offense despite putting up 35 it wasn't quite as powerful as last year but but it remains early yep it remains early and you know 35 points you put up over 30 that the Packers should win every one of those games and the defense they, they did their job holding Detroit to less than 20 points. A couple names I want to shout out on defense, Cage. Uh, Devondre Campbell. He had 13 really played well. total tackles. Really asserted himself into the Packers' world at, at home, you know, in, in front of the fans at Lambeau. Kind of came in under the radar. Um, has some experience. Uh, and then Adrian Amos also with nine tackles himself. So... The defense is starting to figure out, like, who's, you know, making these plays, who's stuffing the run. Um, and also late in the game, Eric Stokes actually switched to the outside, and Kevin King went into the slot in the nickel Jair, uh, defense. Jair. Yeah, yeah. Or Jair went in, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but Eric Stokes, Stokes the rookie, looked really, looked really good and had a couple of key pass breakups. So, Cage, do you also feel like the defense is almost trying to find out their uh, their roles as well with Big Z being gone? Well, very much. I mean, like, one thing that's alarming that should be said, and John Kuhn is talking about this, is the Packers have a very clear lack of defined leadership. And what he meant by this going into the, the credence behind that statement is that the Packers, when they voted for captains, they had 20 guys receive over 10 plus votes. So Nuts. that's saying something, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers ended up being a captain, Devontae Adams ended up being a captain, but like, you know, Big Z was very upset that he wasn't voted a captain, and then he ended up posting a picture about this new iced-out chain he got on social media after a terrible loss. It wasn't the best look. Um, it's concerning, honestly. You know, Devondre Campbell brought pure professionalism. You research this guy. He plays for his mom. You know, that's what he does. His mom is his why. And if you look at this, uh, this guy's even his Twitter handle, just to give you a glimpse of this guy's mindset, it's at came along way. Devondre Campbell wow. was going sideline to sideline. He had 13 tackles, 10 solo tackles. He had a key pick, you know. He he um I think he even had a fumble recovery. Uh he was everywhere. He had the yeah, key you know, interception. He, he was, yeah, I forgot he about was that. Making wow. his presence known. 
Uh, you know, really, Jair Alexander impressed. He's a, I think he might be the best tackling cornerback in football. Um, you know, other than that, it was Eric Stokes, but I really can't say much about the defense. You know, Adrian Amos, nine solo tackles. That's impressive. We're still looking for that pass rush. You know, yeah, the pass like, rush has been gone. There's, I mean, Preston Smith got that, uh, he forced kind of an intentional grounding, which was key, but really the pass rush has been non-existent. And, and it could be the creativity um, from from the defensive coordinator. But at the same time, guys just got to win one on ones cage. It's not like Detroit has, you know, a line that's, you know, an elite offensive line or anything like that. Um, how, how do the Packers get this pass rush going? Is it is it hinging on Big Z who led the Packers kind of like doing it all last season? Well, you know, Kenny Clark, he just got a massive deal. Preston Smith, he's making big-time money. I will say, Preston Smith, to his credit, there were several plays that looked like he was being held, where he would just come flying around the side, and it looked like he was he was being held. And I don't know if he that, that was a— through weeks one and two. Yeah, you know, he looks like he, he knows that he's kind of blessed to be back here. You know, I think a lot of fans thought that he might not even be back. Um, after last season when he dramatically dropped off in production. But he's back. You know, he's making an impact, I'll say. And we've touched on that time and time again through multiple podcasts. Is like, look, if you don't light the world on fire, that's understandable. But you have to make an impact, whether that's, you know, bumping the receiver at the line of scrimmage to get him off his route or, or waving a hand so it, like, uh, uh, you know, makes the quarterback's vision tougher. Like, all those things add up. Um and really, the Packers defense, you know, that, that falls on Joe Barry. We have talent. Like, with Sean Gary, he needs to be out there. He had two QB hits. That's great. Um, but really, we have to stop with all these – like, we need we need Playing production. soft, maybe. It's almost like they're playing soft. Uh, it, it feels nostalgic of the soft Packer defenses. Well, Packers fans um, – Unnamed sources around the league. We're not going to give away the source, but basically word on the street was the Packers had only practiced in pads seven times the entire training camp. And the Saints came in and they hit him in the mouth super hard. You could see the Saints corners pressing up on our guys in the line of scrimmage, resulted in Rodgers having an awful game, resulted in all of our receivers having terrible games. Bullied. You could see them, you know, taking down Rodgers, getting pressure on him in the line of scrimmage, winning that battle. And you saw a lot of that same thing in the first half where the Packers team in general was just soft. This has been a problem for the Packers for years now, whether it's injuries, you know, every year fans complain about injuries. Oh, if we're just not injured, if we just didn't get so unlucky. Well, it's almost like a mindset too. You know, it's not a hundred percent of mindset. Obviously injuries happen, but there are certain teams that are just flat out tougher. You look at a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo to cross sports for a second, but remain in the Wisconsin sports realm Packers fan. You know, his knee was hyperextended. He he had no business playing as a franchise player. If that happened to Aaron Rodgers, I would think that, you know, he might not come back in the game. Obviously, that remains to be seen. But Giannis ended up getting back in, you know, superhuman time and led his team to a championship despite, you know, very clearly getting severely injured in his knee that one game. Uh, it It could have been much worse than it was. But really... Grit is one of those essential ingredients needed to win a championship, and that's our goal here. And the Packers do not lack talent. You look at our cornerbacks. No. You look at our defensive line with with uh, 
almost You'll too many talent to put in spots. At, yeah, you look at our pass rush. We have guys who've gotten double-digit sacks. We got we got vets. We got younger guys. We got developing guys. You look at the offense. You know, we can put up points in the regular season. We can do all this. But when the going gets tough, we have to be tougher. And so it's very, very, very concerning to, to hear that around the league where, where the whole the book was out on the Packers just, you know, kind of being being soft in the preseason because that's not going to win us a championship. We'll see how that develops over the course of the year. Um, but but it's just so interesting because we, we've said it time and time again, Packers fans, this is probably the most talented Packers team we've ever had. If you think about who we lost, we lost Jamal Williams. Yes, we lost Corey Lindsley. But really, you have an all-pro cornerback. Brought and, everyone back. Jair Alexander. Josh Myers. First, first round talent. And, uh, you know, Eric Stokes, who, who has four two five speed. He's actually translating on the field. He, I'm really excited about Eric Stokes. He, he looks kind of my main takeaway last night. Um, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, two of the better safeties in football. One of the better safety combos in football. And the offense, you know, you have the 99 receiver. You have the 99 quarterback. Like, you have Pro Bowl... Uh, running back and then you have a great offensive line great talent on that line wait till Bakhtiari comes back of course but you also have a double digit tight end who's looking to get better and better and Robert Tani and so it's like this is not about the talent this is about execution and it's about toughness when the Packers get hit in the mouth against good teams like the Saints like the Patriots excuse me like the Buccaneers you know it's gonna happen and every year you know it's almost becoming like we know we're good. You know, we know we're going to the playoffs. But what are we going to do when we get there? And it, and it kind of starts with the regular season. It's like how you practice is how you play. And we saw that as a reflection in week one. Thankfully, the Packers bounced back in the second half of week two. You know, Rodgers was determined to quiet his critics. He could still play better. He didn't really have a ton of yards, you know, but he, he could play better. Um, what they he, gave him. He took three sacks, uh, you, you know, but really a win's a win. We got off the schneid and, uh, you know, we're, we're looking ahead. So so we're going to always remain optimistic. But really, the variables we can control make me even more optimistic. We can control how tough we are. We can control, you know, the like the play yeah, guys coming back. Just, yeah. yeah. It's, and, it's mostly just like a figuring out of the scheme right now. Kind of, yeah. kind of like when, uh, you know, you get some new talent and you have to make it gel. I think the Packers, uh, they did move up to 11th in the power rankings in the NFL. So people aren't really giving them that top 10 respect after that week one loss. And they'll have to earn that. This, it the was NFL, the Lions. Yeah. The NFL is looking deep. And unfortunately for the Packers, the next game is not going to not going to be easy. It's about to go zero to one hundred. The Packers take on the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football. And the 49ers, they were up thirty eight to ten. Thirty they were up thirty one to ten at halftime against the Lions when they practically coasted. Um, so the Packers have to be aware that this team is uh, a level up. And so. Before we get to good pack, bad pack, Cage, I just want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers matchup because this is going to be another real test. Like, what what is this team made of, right? Like, is this team going to come out and beat the 49ers um, where they have the better quarterback? You know, Rodgers, Garoppolo, Rodgers, Lance, take Rodgers any day of the week. Um, but is is the Packers' defense 
and the offensive line strong enough to knock off the 49ers. What do you think? How, or how do you think this, this game's going to go? It's going to be interesting. You know, I mean, the 49ers are one of those teams that does the hitting in the mouth. They don't really get hit in the mouth. Like, Aaron Rodgers is coming to this game. They're the hitters. You know, expe- <laughs> they're the hitters. They're not the hitting. That's exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's exciting because I'm looking forward to a great football game. You know, it's Sunday night. I mean, we've played them back-to-back. You know, we've played them multiple times. Like, we've played this 49ers team. they got great talent. Bosa, you know, they, they have so much talent. But I think it's more than the talent at this point because we have talent as well. It's about grit. And, and it's yes, it's an early season matchup, but it's going to tell us a lot, you know, because you have to adjust to these levels of, you know, toughness from various teams and, and you have to match it and exceed it. Uh, you know, do I think the Packers can win? Yes. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers has uh, the superiority over the 49ers quarterbacks. Um, you know, generally, the better quarterback results in the team having more wins. Not always, but but generally, you know, when the quarterback has a good supporting cast, which Aaron Rodgers does, um, it results in more wins. So I would say the odds are in our favor. It would not surprise me if we did lose, uh, but really, you know, I expect a win. Yep, I think uh, I'm on the fence. I think it's it's going to be a telling week. Like, how, how do the Packers really play having, you know, couple games under their belt but also you know not things fully figured out it doesn't seem like the 49ers have their offense fully figured out either but they can beat teams in a lot of ways and their stars are really cause for concern it's going to be interesting uh going up against that defense with the Packers O-line let's flip to good pack bad pack cage my good pack this week yeah I just gotta I, I gotta shout out uh I got to shout out Aaron Jones. And the reason is, is because I think I think with all the hype that was going on in the offseason, right, the one person everyone seemed to forget about was Aaron Jones. It was first like, oh, should we bring him back? Almost could see him leaving. We bring him back on a team friendly deal. And then it's week one. The Packers hardly use him. And. You know, last night he flashed exactly how versatile he is, how many different ways he can get yards. Mm -hmm. So I think Aaron Jones is pretty much saying, like, look, don't forget about me just because uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb's back. Um, I I still am probably who you want to feed on the offense. And so I was happy to see the Packers feed him. He he was kind of getting that groove going where he just starts becoming this spark plug. I really think he's like the lightning. And then you have A.J. Dillon, who's kind of more of that thunder back. Yes. But Aaron Jones really provided that spark. Uh, three receiving touchdowns. If he's not out there and you have A.J. Dillon, the Packers are struggling to score points again because a lot of the plays where Aaron Jones gets the ball in his hands and he makes something happen or the, the, the linebackers just aren't fast enough to stay with him. So I really appreciated his play. Um, Love his he interviews, of, too. Yeah, he had a lot of family members there, so really happy for him to get that that uh, you know four-touchdown game, get him right back on track to have a great season, what he needed. How about you, KJ? Who's your good pack? 
My good pack has to be Eric Stokes. You know, I mean, he flashed off the screen. I remember we were doing some prep work for the draft, and I saw him, and I was like, hey, this guy's in the SEC. You know, his metrics look good. His athleticism is off the chain. A lot of players, a lot of teams rated him as, like, kind of a second, third-round grade, but the Packers saw the upside. They took him, and it looks like he's playing well right out the gate, which is so huge because of confidence. You know, you hear about these rookies around the league, whether it be a— you know the left or the the tackle Detroit just drafted, or, or maybe some of these other guys like some of the young quarterbacks Zach Wilson or, or Trevor Lawrence. So much of their careers is how they start. Like if a guy gets ruined in New York year one, it's tough. You it's know tough. We've, seen it, <laughs> yeah. we've seen it with Mark we've seen Sanchez. it before. Yeah, we've seen it with Sam Darnold, who's playing well on the Panthers now, change of scenery. But really, if Eric Stokes can just get confidence, like you remember back when Aaron Jones was a rookie, he was playing well, you know, and then he built on yeah. that in year two. He built on that in year three. He played great in year four, and he got a nice new deal. So I think Eric Stokes is definitely my good pack. Um, so I'll flip it for my bad pack is I think, you know, it's got to be just like the physicality on the defense. You know, we, we have to play more physical. We have to just play Super Bowl caliber defense. You know, you're it's, not going to win a Super no Bowl good, if it's your defense no good is regressing one bit. Yeah, it's no good regressing one bit at this point, and that's a tough task for for a team. But but the goal is so obviously a Super Bowl. It's just like you know, you gotta you gotta show more. You know, it's you think back to those Eli Manning matchups when the in the playoffs. Uh, the horror stories in which the Giants beat the Packers in, in deep in the playoffs multiple times. And it's large part because Eli Manning was given time to throw. And Eli Manning is not the best quarterback out there, as we all know. But if you give anyone time to throw, like Jared Goff had in the first half, they're going to shred you. They're NFL quarterbacks. So it's like I'd love to see the pass rush. Um, One other thing I just want to touch on for Bad Pack is, uh, you know, the receivers, right? Like MVS has... When they brought in Randall Cobb, right, like it was a move for Rodgers, but I don't think anyone was saying the Packers need more receivers. Like we drafted Amari Rodgers. We have Devontae Adams, 99. You know, you you have Marquez Valdez-Scanling, the, the number one deep threat in football based upon stats and speed. And then you have also uh, Alan Lazard, who, who frankly didn't even have a catch. So, so it's didn't like have I, a target. I see Marquez Valdez-Scanling and I see Alan Lazard not even, you know, showing up with a catch that is you're you're going to lesser talented players in my opinion like like you know Randall Cobb like we know what he can do he he was good on those short yardage uh, situations but like please don't waste MVS's talent you know this guy broke out last year he's poised for an even bigger you know leap this year um, you got to get him the ball. You know, I'm so, you know, no one wants to hear about the lack of weapons anymore because it's not true. No one wants to hear about the lack of receivers. It's not true. Like, but when you do have these receivers, give, give, make a conscious effort to give them the ball. You know, I mean, Aaron Jones, like it was his night last night. Devante, he had nine targets, eight receptions. He's going to be the number one, obviously. Tanyan deserves to get the ball as well. But, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe it's because it was smooth sailing in the second half. Uh, but that's another thing I'm going to keep an eye on going forward. What about you, yeah. bad pack? My bad pack was actually Amari Rogers, uh, the guy you you didn't name, but exactly what you were just touching about. It's like, why? Let's just think right here for a second, Packers fans. The media pressure for the Packers to draft a weapon 
was essentially the media's excuse for why the Packers didn't win the Super Bowl, was that somehow Aaron Rodgers didn't have enough weapons. Now we're at the point where Alan Lazard can't get a single target, MVS can't get a single catch, and our third-round pick, Amari Rodgers out of Clemson, who in previous year, who, who, yeah, he's electric. He can't even get on the field. And so I wonder, why the hell are we letting the media decide our personnel decisions? Because to me, it feels like we really could have used extra pass rush um, or extra offensive linemen because I don't think one thing that showed is in the first half again, the Packers only have three offensive possessions. It doesn't matter how many weapons you have if you don't have any possessions and you can't get on the field. And so I I just wonder, like, how is that going to play out? Like, obviously we're going to – we have who we have on the receiver's end, but – just the way it's kind of looking is it's going to be hard to keep all these guys happy. And it almost feels like we're really, really thin in other positions, especially the pass rush, because face it, the D line, I mean, the D line's (laughs) got to, they got to get a sack at the end of the day. You know, know, like it's like, you got to get, well, only 17 total pressures in the first two games against Jameis Winston and Jared Goff. Those guys walk into pressures. They walk exactly. into pressures. And this Packers defense just really wasn't uh, – and maybe it's because they don't have the talent. They don't have those no, extra guys no, no, they no. need. They got it. They got um, but yeah, I, I just wonder, like, you know, like how what, maybe they have to make a move. Maybe they, this is something we'll have to watch. Like you said, KJ, do the Packers need to almost trade one of these receivers or one of these weapons going forward if the defense can't get pressure on a quarterback? That's really interesting. Packers fans, you're going to have to let us know what you think about that. Would you be willing to trade one of our receivers if it meant bringing back an impact pass rusher or defensive lineman. It would be a little bit of an uncommon trade because usually draft picks are what exchanges hands in these midseason moves. But it's something to keep an eye on because just to you know compound on Al's point, it's looking like we're going to have to outscore people. You know, the defense has yeah. improved in multiple years. Uh, and then there's this year, which, you know, granted it's a new coordinator, um, a lot of adjustments, but it's looking like we're going to have to outscore people. That never really works out great in the long run. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but, but I just want to kind of circle back on what you're saying. I, I credit Good a lot, and we've given a lot of credit on this podcast for not caving into the media demands. But it just goes to show you, like, just like you said, you know, the media, you really got to be careful with this national media because they're they have an agenda they're trying to create a narrative they're saying oh Rodgers has no weapons i mean we completely debunked that packers fans you know how many weapons he has he's got excessive weapons uh we just need to win a super bowl right it's not because we don't have a receiver you know like like you said i I just wanted to hammer that never was it never was you know it was just that was just fake outrage right it was just like (laughs) online outrage from the media trying to get clicks but but really, the whole team could play better. You know, we got the result. If you, if you take a soccer term, like we got the result that we wanted. Um, I want to hit a few fan questions before we wrap up. Uh, Go for it. You know, basically, uh, Chuck Down Cheese Ted says, why is our DC so bad? It was reported that Malafleur had to tell him to adjust. Sorry to say, but I would rather have some ranked Madden player call plays of this defense. 
I mean, you know, Joe Barry deserves that. You know, he, he's he's not able to escape that after weeks one and two. Um, I, I'd say it's still early. Uh, there's no way he's been good, so so we're going to agree with you there. Um, but but he does deserve a little more time. I think we got to evaluate him after four games. You know, a quarter of the season. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there's 17 games this year. Brian Bolo, Brian Biolo says, ask yourself, why does King still have a jersey? And why shouldn't Eric Stokes be on the field more? Well, King needs to start proving why he has a jersey because Eric Stokes is going to have his job pretty soon. Yeah, no, I mean, like, King has really played bad these first two weeks. There's no mistake in that. And and Eric Stokes has played well, so it's looked even worse almost. It's kind of compounded each side and made uh, one look better and one look uh, especially worse. But really, Kevin King is has a jersey still because the Packers... Sometimes, kid, no, hold on, hold you on. buy the dip and you get burned a second time. <laughs> you know, as, as we learn sometimes. Um, but really, Kevin King has a jersey because when we were in the NFC Championship game versus Tom Brady, he's good enough where he can go to our third and fourth corners. And, and maybe if Eric Stokes overtakes him for that starting spot... Uh, you know, we're still going to need someone more than just a random guy out there. Um, we'll see yeah. how King plays. I, I think he's going to play better as the season goes on. Um, you know, Connor Ria says, is LaFleur and Goot good employers? Why take the risk of hiring the D.C. the 016 Lions? We have no idea. You know, we think Goot <laughs> and LaFleur are good employers. Somehow he didn't include that on the resume. It probably, you know probably missed out on that during the process i mean i, I don't know i think it was the buddy factor you know like matt lafleur yeah. coached with this guy like you don't really get a packers defensive coordinator job after having an owen 16 season you know one of two to ever happen unless you know unless you know a guy yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's the like, buddy factor so so he's under pressure um you know it, back to the question uh, is lafleur and good, good employers you know I think the results have spoken favorably, but patience is wearing thin. There's no doubt about it, Packers fans. The goal is a Super Bowl before the end of Rodgers' career. we got to get another one. No ifs, ands, or buts. We're dead set, laser focused on it. Bobby Hot 414 says, how does this team win 10 games with that defense? Just watch. They're, I think they're going to win 10 Just games. watch. Is the opinionated <laughs> one, two, lab? 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. all. Do we all owe Mike Patton an apology? You know, absolutely. Um, you know, Ike Packers never really was one of those accounts who was bashing Mike Patton. You know, we were critical of the defense. We were critical of the mistakes. But we know that, you know, Mike Patton, it could get a whole lot worse. And when we hired Joe Barry, we were essentially nervous about that. So, so yes, I think a lot of Packers fans owe Mike Patton an apology. You know, Packers fans are so um, passionate I think that's the, the the good thing about them. You know, I think it's one of the best qualities about them. We're so passionate, but sometimes it leads to, you know, maybe misplaced anger. Yeah. And, 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 you know, right now, Joe Barry's taking a lot of heat, as he should. Uh, but really, I think Mike Patton was, a, you know, kind of like the guy who took that heat in years past. Um, you yep. know, Bucko and says, Colin Bucko, are the Packers stupid enough to start Kevin King going forward? Da, 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 da. Yes. You know, I think he's going to start at least weeks three and four. I, I really do. If, if they're going to make a move, I think they're going to give it at least four games. Um, Al, anything to add to that? I uh, I don't see I don't see them uh, making the move yet. I think, like you said, the depth at corner. Maybe they'll start interchanging their roles. I see that like uh, happening. You know, moving Jair inside more. Uh, trying Stokes on the outside on the big receivers like Cephas, who is tough to guard, and he did a good job on some of those plays, key breakups. I think that's the, you know, 
the perfect time to wrap things up, Packers fans. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. We have listeners in over 60 countries, and it means the world uh, to us that you guys are checking in and girls um, and you know interacting with us on the Twitter. And we encourage you to tell a friend about the show. Tell another Packers fan. That's another, yeah. the number one way you can help us grow. Um, and remember, the Packers are one and one They did just get the win, so... Things are good. There's, of course, things to improve on, but a 35-17 win on Monday Night Football, I'll take that any day of the week. KJ, I want to thank you for joining. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Packers fans, it's great to be back with you. We're just getting started. We have a long road. It's going to be a lot of fun, filled with many victories, many celebrations, giveaways, highs, lows, everything in between. We're going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for joining us. Tell a friend. We'll talk to you real soon. If you enjoyed this episode of the Ike Packers podcast and want to help the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is how we can continue to give great value to you. As always, till next time, Packers fans, go Packers. Go.